welcome to episode one of Shine, a podcast by Star, the future of companion applications. Now, if you don't know what a car companion application is, it's basically the, the application that you can use to work with and communicate with your car. And so in today's episode, we're going to be introducing our first star experts, Oleg Lebedin, who's head of solution architecture in the automotive and mobility section of Star. He will be joined by Rahul Unikrishnan, who works in strategy for connected cars at Nissan. And with Rahul, we'll be shedding some light onto Nissan's design process. How can they ensure that the user is at the center of how they're building their companion apps? We'll also be understanding the shift to the unifying user experience under a single companion application as opposed to multiple different apps. And our second guest is Vipav Uphol, who is a product owner at Ford Pass. And we'll be discussing how Ford Pass looking to bring in partner integrations into their apps, such as car washing and car servicing. We'll be looking more into that trend. And then we'll also be asking Vipav, along with Rahul, what is, in their opinion, the most exciting use case for companion apps in the next five to 10 years. And finally, before we jump in, I just do want to warn you of the sound quality of the first interview specifically does drop off a couple of times. It will get better towards the end of the first interview and into the second interview. And so with that, let's welcome Oleg to the show. Hey, Tom. How are you? Really good. Thanks, Oleg. So what would be really useful for the audience to understand first before we jump into the discussions with these companion app experts is more about your background, your work at Star, and how you became interested in companion apps. I currently lead our automotive mobility industry group at Star. So I'm responsible for all aspects of uh, the industry expertise development, marketing and solution architecture, offering development, etc. So I've been with Star for a very long time, since day one, actually. So it's been more than 12 years already. And tried different things, but I'm currently focused on uh, solution architecture, which is really cool because... I work a lot with clients in very early stages trying to see how Star can help them either solve some business problems or get new revenues or optimize the business process, etc. So 12 years of Star, what number of employee were you of Star? So actually, Star was uh, kind of born from a very early startup. So it's one of the first startups who had the R&D center in Kiev. So there has been up to 30 people who are kind of number one employee that uh, moved from a startup to become what used to be known as Cognance and now as Star. And you're one of the 30 people? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And right now, Star has over 600 employees. Is that accurate? Yeah, all around the globe as well, as opposed to just Kiev and back in the days. So why companion apps? I guess there are a few reasons. So one is we've done quite a few projects in this domain already. So we've been very interested to see what others are doing. So we'll work with OEMs in UK. We'll also work some disruptive OEMs in the United States. And of course, already formed kind of our vision of what ideal companion application was going to be. Right? So we were very interested to see what uh, other OEMs are doing at the moment, what are the roadmaps, and what's coming next. Right. So that's the, from the primary goal, of course. And second is really want to understand what are the problems that OEMs are facing at the moment. If you're interested in finding out more, we actually compiled a very interesting report covering all the major OEMs across the globe by analyzing their current campaign applications. So you can email us at automotive at Startup Global and get the full version 
And uh, you also find Ford Pass and Nissan Connect there as well, which is the applications presented by our guests today. And please welcome our first guest. So we're going to be talking to Vipav Upal, who is actually a product owner at Ford Pass. And he's based in UK and he's like in the very middle of development of Ford's application. So it's going to be very interesting to talk to him and see what he has to say in terms of the insights, in terms of the process they're following. Welcome, Wipehub. How are you in these days? Thank you so much. I'm good, Alec. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm finally happy to finally be in the office, actually. I'm back from my apartment, so it's good <laughs> for a change. <laughs> Where are you based today? You're in London, right? Yeah, so our offices are based in London, Stratford. We're still working from home. I think most of all of us are, but we hope we'll be back soon into the offices. For the time being, work from home is working well as well. Same here. So ho- hope you coped with all the situation very well and adjusted already. So before we jump into anything related to Ford Pass and connected vehicle applications specifically, I wanted to hear your story a little bit. How you did you end up in the automotive space? You've been with Ford for quite some time already. Was on purpose? Was it accidental? <laughs> <laughs> well, not really a purpose, uh, Satya. So I came to the UK to do my master's. And I did my master's in electronics and communications from University of Manchester. So on completing that in 2011, end of 2011, I was uh, just looking for some good graduate roles and some graduate schemes. So that is when I came across Ford's graduate scheme, which is actually a really good graduate scheme, gives you, you know, really good exposure, some good rotations, good overall salary, pension and various other benefits as well. So I think overall, it gave me a really good pedestal to move on to. And that is where I started my journey with Ford. And since then, I've not had any reasons to look beyond Ford, really, because I've got a lot of various different job roles within Ford. Uh, I think you do get the benefit of being in, in a large uh, company that you do get to see various different aspects of business and some new uh, ventures that Ford is now going into. So I got engaged in those as well. So that has helped me kind of broaden my experience, even remaining in the same company. And, you know, overall, the career growth has uh, has been good as well. So I've enjoyed working at Ford. So what's Ford Mobility? So I've noticed your LinkedIn that you're no longer employed by Ford, right? And Ford Mobility is a different group. It has its own logo. What is it focused on? Yeah. So basically, it's kind of an offshoot of the parent uh, Ford Motor Company. And it was done for a purpose so that, you know, the team working in Ford Mobility can focus on moving quick. As you can imagine with a company like Ford, which has been around for ages, there are a lot of processes which are there for some, for a reason and have been working really well for so many years. But being in Ford Mobility as a separate entity, it gives you a lot of autonomy around you know responding quick to quick changes, pivoting in between if there is a requirement like that. You, know, you may have to pull out of some ventures very soon. You may have to take calls and investing in something very quickly. So just to give that nimbleness and that flexibility and, and autonomy to the group of people who are working in that sphere, I think it was a wise call uh, by the senior leaders to create a, a slightly different entity, an offshoot, which has that autonomy to do, do things in a bit different manner, which is different to how traditional Ford has been working. 
I think it was a wise decision. I see, I see that uh, being benefit. Got it. So we recently actually did a pretty interesting research into campaign application landscape, and of course, Ford Pass was part of it. As Ford has been around for a very long time and strives for innovation right now, so we can't help but notice that Ford Pass was actually ha- was one of the most feature-rich applications out there. And it also has the highest ratings among all of the applications that we analyzed. So the obvious question from my side is, what's your secret? How did you achieve that? And it seemed to be very successful at the moment. So I'm very curious to hear what you did to make it happen. <laughs> I'm actually really happy to know that. And thanks for your recognition on that. That really means a lot. And I believe that's true because we do keep an insight on where we are in the market with regards to feature content as well. And I think there's, it's taken some consistent effort to reach it. That need a balance that's kind of slightly difficult and very important to strike because on one hand, you need to turn our features which the customers you know, are looking for, or customer expectations are or ever-rising. New technologies are coming through. Obviously, the technology world is moving moves at a completely different pace compared to you know four or five year cycle plans of uh, vehicle delivery you can't if you compare that to the speed of how technology companies and features are coming through i think we'll have to maintain a pace at a completely different level having said that you know if you have your focus on features there's sometimes possibilities of you know how to manage quality amongst all that because you know Keeping an eye on maintaining quality while you're delivering so many features also becomes really important. So I believe there's the main reason behind uh, the success in getting so many features out has been the way we have uh, structured the teams, I believe. The team structures are more uh, kind of having the product-driven mindset where the same product team is not just responsible for creating any new features but is also responsible to ensure that the launch is of highest quality and even maintain that product or that feature post-launch. So we've been following a lot of industry standard uh, agile practices and maintaining our team's backlogs such that uh, there is a balance between the new features that we are working on and the overall quality of the app and the quality of the code that we are developing. And obviously, if there are any critical issues or concerns that we find in the field, we obviously jump on to them and fixing them as soon as possible. But we always keep an eye on whatever the next, uh, what sort of features are coming up. The product teams that are responsible for delivering a certain family of features, they have a goal of thinking of the strategy for the new features in you know five years, 10 years down the line even. So... When the same team is responsible for thinking forward, also maintaining launch for something that has happened in the past and delivering what's happening currently, I think the whole team kind of contributes towards that vision. They're all on board this journey. And uh, having that product-driven mindset has helped us delivering products which are new to the customers, are at the cutting edge, and are also of high quality because they are still being responsible on of delivering that level of quality and maintaining it throughout even post-launch. 
The other thing I think uh, we've been doing is uh, quick launches, right? So this is something that uh, you know various agile practices also recommend that uh, you know as soon you should try and get your products out to the customers as soon as possible, so that you can get that feedback from the customers and from the market, and basically you can iterate based on the feedback, have an incremental set of improvements and enhancements of the feature. So our our cycle of delivering is kind of on a two weekly basis which means that we are releasing content throughout you know at least twice a month improving our quality in an incremental fashion and this overall helps us maintain a good mix of features and exciting content in the app and also continuously improving the quality of the app on a very frequent and iterative basis got it now thanks for your useful insights as much as I like, would like to keep talking about process and uh, just for the sake of time, I really want to jump into some functionality-specific questions. So, for example, we've seen FortPass is uh, already on the road to bring some integrations into the app, like a car wash or a car service when your car is uh, being idle on the street. So you're bringing in partners to extend the regular companion app. Should we expect this trend to continue? Are you working on bringing more collaborations and partners in? And overall, do you think it's a overall trend in companion applications uh, landscape uh, for the upcoming years? Mm -hmm. Indeed. I think Code has always uh, partnered with the external service providers in in order to provide those intelligent mobility solutions and and overall enhanced ownership experience to our customers. And we've had healthy partnerships with a lot of companies like telecom companies for data services or parking service providers or, you know, defining perfect parking spots or even mobility services like rental or car share companies to provide those alternate mobility solutions. I see a significant increase in the on-demand services like car wash or delivery to vehicle and servicing your car. I think this increase in on-demand services actually present a really good opportunity uh, to, to be able to partner with any external service providers. So I believe this is actually a sphere where I do see a continued collaboration and partnerships uh, coming up in the future as well, especially around the on-demand uh, servicing sphere. So we should see the Ford as becoming more uh, like super app where every aspect of the vehicle ownership and even more will be covered, right? Yeah, I think it's time where you know apps need to get consolidated. So I do see you know, the expansion in spheres and partnerships. One other important aspect is the data, right? So everybody's talking how data about users, about the cars is now the new gold and automotive OEMs should utilize it the best way possible. Mm -hmm. Is it going to shape some trends for the companion? When are we going to see the application that are powered by machine learning and AI and data? And when is user going to get a very personalized experience? where like app is going to be different for every single user. Are you out on the road to get that anytime soon, you think? Or is it far ahead? I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I think the industry is moving actively towards utilizing any machine learning and AI capabilities and providing intelligent insights and recommendations to users based on the kind of trips they've done or their preferences. But obviously, there are limitations around the data that can be shared by the user, uh, you know, we follow strict GDPR guidelines around what data can be shared and what 
data can be utilized to do any of those assessments. So there are limitations like those, but I still see, you know, AIA and ML actually playing a significant role in improving the customer experience, especially, you know, providing tailored insights and recommendations to users. But I don't think it's something in the very short term, but it's not too distant uh, future either, because I think the capabilities exist. What the next step would be is how users and customers, you know, engage with, with the ability to share their data, how much they're willing to share and how much of a a recommendation and tailored insights do people actually want. So I believe it's more customer driven rather than rather than a technology impediment at the moment. I think the technology exists. So, so we'll have to see how customers start adopting features like those and willingness to share their data around those. And uh, that will drive the introduction of, of features uh, linked with AI and ML, I think. I totally agree. It's all about solving pragmatic problems that customers might have along their journey. I want to wrap up our conversation with a question I ask every single guest. Mm-hmm. So if you could name one feature for the companion app for the next five, 10 years, what would be the, the killer feature you think is going to be implemented anytime soon? Interesting one. I think it will probably revolve around connected vehicle technologies. I think... I see your uh, apps becoming uh, off-board computers going ahead, right? So we already have the brains of the car. I think those brains can pretty much be off-boarded and you could remain prepped for your journey ahead. And your digital assistant kind of becomes your off-boarded into the palm of your hand. So I think the digital assistant technologies are going to be the the next biggest thing that we are going to get. I think it will revolve around AI and how we could kind of pre-configure everything before we even enter our vehicle is going to be the (laughs) the killing feature, I think, killer feature going ahead uh, in the near future. Yeah. Thanks for the insight and your opinions. I know we were quite short on time, but I think we discussed a lot. So thanks for opening up a little bit on your processes and how you deliver applications and also on the upcoming features we should await from FortPass and the others and the trends. So it was a very interesting conversation. Thank you for joining and spending time with me today. Thanks for engaging me. Thank you, Vibe Hop. It's a very interesting conversation. And now we're up to our second guest, Rahul Unikrishnan. He's actually a former Uber employee and now focused on Nissan's campaign application, Nissan Connect. It's going to be also a very interesting conversation because Rahul is actually focused on very specific markets and also responsible for monetization and strategy. So we'll probably get some insights on what it means to adapt applications to specific markets. Thanks, Alec, for having me. It's good to be here and, you know, look forward to have a good conversation with you. Yeah, very good. So before we jump into Nissan Connect and the companion application trends, I really want to know firsthand, how did it happen that you joined and started working on automotive mobility? Like, is it a space you've been interested in or is it like a coincidence, a passion? How do you get started? So I think, you know, this goes back to the time I was working as a consultant in PwC and this was, you know, right after my education i spent around two years working there 
and then you know this opportunity in uber came knocking and it was a opportunity in my hometown so i decided you know i'll take that up and you know see how it goes and it was an interesting time we were hearing a lot of uh, good things about uh, uber and you know how it has a lot of potential to change things so that's when i took the dip i think the next 3 years you know when i spent uh, building this brand in my home state it started in my home city and then it became the home state right. launching a bunch of new products it, it turned out to be really interesting and then you know i felt uh, it was time you know i started looking something more in depth and something that could have a wider impact and then that was a time i saw this opportunity in an oem and nissan at that time was looking for somebody to look at the strategy for the ami region as we call it africa middle east india and turkey and that's when you know i thought it's a good chance to you know get back to the basics go to the place where everything is built and try to take on this opportunity which was a new space for nissan back then and try to build on that so that's what got me going and i think the the learnings and the things that i did in uber uh, has come in really handy here so far and i hope to build on that and more it makes sense so nissan connect is an application that nissan builds that is globally but you're responsible for very interesting and very unique markets right africa india turkey and middle east so i'm very curious to hear how the market demographics influence what you're building inside of the application like would a user of nissan connect in usa or in africa would have different experience and how much of an effect it has on what you're building yeah so i think that's a very interesting question you know ami as we call it as a region has around 83 countries but uh, nissan focuses around 10 to 15 of them primarily and definitely you know the the experience between some of the more advanced markets like us europe and japan compared to the ami region is a very it's very different and uh, moreover within ami there's a lot of difference you know in terms of what the customer expects and what are the features that are of value and how it's seen to give you an example in india we have you know some of these features like remote control or remote start which are considered a wow feature or a show off feature people really like you know showing that to their friends and you know, say look i got a cool car you know which i can start uh, sitting at my home and you know stuff like that but whereas if you go into markets like middle east where nissan is pretty strong there the need is very very basic in the sense the weather conditions are so bad that you know everybody wants to really have a pre cool car to come into and so that you know the journey becomes comfortable so this kind of difference in needs sort of translates to how we want to build that customer experience as well so it's a very interesting demographic and if you go to africa it's even different so we see each of these markets and look at the customer needs there and sort of you know build a unique experience but trying to you know use as much as of the basics that we have built so we might not build something fresh every time for every market but you know we do try to customize as much as possible for the market but you know keeping the brand part same keeping the feature part same we might change how we represent a feature we might you know change how the flow goes for a customer but keeping the core aspect of the nissan same thanks for those insights rahul that's very interesting actually so how do you design for a specific market do you have designers working on site do you know understand the, what these are want or what's your design process can you elaborate a little bit on how you approach So I think from a design perspective you know we do have a central team of sorts who supports with most of the markets now from an approach we you know have certain hypotheses that we form basis you know the features that we see which are of value to the customer we try to do some market research to try and validate these hypotheses and then you know we try to start uh, developing and pretty much what we do is you know for 
all the features that we develop we may not really have a valid hypothesis but sometimes you know we have to make that leap of faith assumptions and go ahead now, one big example of this you know was that when we used to do our market studies back in 2018 india specifically we used to you know talk about features like remote control and people used to ask okay why is it really needed i don't think you know i would really go for a car with that and that was a time when none of the oems really had introduced such a feature so that was you know what we used to hear back then but two years now from then we have had two three companies bring in these features and when we talk to the customers they are like oh that's really essential you know we do see a need for remote control so a lot of times it's very hard for the customer to you know actually see what they want but when you offer it in some form and we you really see that there is a use case there they are happy to accept it and you know then that becomes like a key need so we have been sort of to see envision for the customer what he or she would like try to build in some use cases try to show them and then you know we get into the development so we do use a mix of you know the market specific teams who helps us with the feedback as well as you know we have a central team who looks into the product envisioning it and then work closely with the market to sort of develop it got it and so for this like core application who is part of the like feature definition process because having worked a lot with OEMs we're also seeing that I wouldn't say battle, but very kind of tight collaboration between marketing, engineering, guys focusing on infotainment, connected cars, and everybody wants their features mm. to be the kind of the, all the primary focus in the car, yeah, in the in, in the car application. So, how do you balance, and who is involved on your side in the car mode? So, typically, you know, like you said, we have a product planning team who looks at uh, the way as such. Now, connectivity being a relatively new field, I know, and there is a lot of aspects of you know the service industry coming in. So, interestingly, we have a team uh, who focuses, and I'm part of that team. You know, the connectivity team where we sort of focus on specific needs of connectivity, and then we link with the product planning because product planning typically has been around the vehicle. You know, what goes into the engine, what kind of transmission, what kind of interiors, what kind of uh, body structures, etc. So, connectivity being a slightly different topic from the tra- for traditional OEMs. we bring in a different team and interestingly you know in this team we do have a background of people which is kind of diverse because you have people who have worked with consumer applications people who have worked with uh, b2b applications and we do have uh, people who have worked on the services level as well so what we typically do is we have uh, discussions with the marketing team who you know has some perspective uh, we bring in product planning we bring in the r&d engineering and then we have like a cross functional team who sort of uh, brings in all the aspects but at the top of it we have a layer of this connectivity team who sort of controls this and we sort of take uh, the calls on what aspects of connectivity goes in because interestingly how we see this is you know like we have a mobile application the companion app we do need the technology in the car in terms of you know it could be a tcu it could be an opt2 device it could be another simple beacon device and then with these two together we are able to offer a bunch of services you know like usage based insurance we are able to bring in uh, contextual services like you know you could have a roadside assistance when you need you are able to have concierge services so the services part is what is new and i think that's where the core experience of this team comes in and we are able to bring that to the oem got it so we actually recently did a research uh, on the capital application landscape across uh, multiple brands hmm. and actually seen that if we go even go 5 years back there has been a trend where every single feature in the application was provided by, by different app right so uh, there has been a lot of applications published by OEMs and Nissan is uh, not an exception actually so to handle different use cases and you just need to have like 10 apps to make like your journey and uh, during the day 
So we're definitely seeing a shift to making this kind of uh, single app and unifying experience, making a super app that has every single aspect in it. So why do you think it's happening? And what are the trends there that you foresee uh, for the upcoming five years? So I think how uh, I sort of see this is, you know, you have a, a star versus constellation approach. I was reading about this, you know, sometime and I really like the phrase that was used. So earlier, you know, like you said, there was a dedicated app for each and every use case. And that meant, you know, the users had to download far more apps. And for each of them, you had a login. So it was kind of, you know, tricky to manage apps. And as you know, there are more and more apps, people are very, very particular about the new number of apps that they add. And I was reading somewhere that on an average, a user typically has one additional app uh, over the year. So you might delete a few, you might install a few, but the net addition is one or two. So I think the shift towards uh, for OEMs is to move towards one app, you know, for ensuring that most of the functionalities that is offered sits under uh, one single app. The idea is also that, you know, you have a lot of low frequency but high value transactions that happens. For example, if you take a car, how often do you service? And if you have to make a service booking through a mobile application, you probably need it once, twice or max thrice in a year. So you try to build an app where you have use cases which are low frequency, but, you know, over adding a lot of them makes the app worthwhile having. So the, the idea of, you know, having mobile apps for each and every use case, different mobile apps for each and every use case is probably dying. And we see this trend where, you know, you have one app. It could be, you know, like one app for your normal ICE vehicles and one for the EV vehicles. But you try to stick to the strategy of, you know, having a single app, which builds in all the experiences and a customer, depending on, you know, what kind of customer he is able to access and use the features in the app. So I would foresee, you know, this consolidation into one or two apps at max. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And we're already seeing this trend from almost everybody, actually. So users are up yeah. to a very good user experience going forward, actually. I know we're short on time, so I'll be jumping into different areas. So for the audience, it might seem that actually it's a chaotic interview, but basically I'm just so interested to learn from you from different aspects of your work that sure. <laughs> I'll be jumping back and forth. So as part of your job, you're also responsible for monetization strategies, right? Uh, for connected services. Yeah. So again, if we look back, companion applications used to be just a marketing feature, right? You could basically you know, mm. have a few functions, launch your car remotely, and that would actually excite the customer, right? But now they're becoming a pretty important medium for delivering the value-added digital services to clients, right? Yeah. So how does Nissan view companion applications in this kind of scope? Is it important from a monetization standpoint? And what is the role it's playing at the moment for you specifically? So I think that's a really good question. And I think the initial part of the question really, you know, stated how OEMs viewed it initially. It was more of, you know, adding, joining the app world, you know, by having an app for yourself so that people can have it and, you know, use it for basic uh, functionality. But, you know, especially it becomes more important in the current situation where a mobile app is becoming a very important medium for customers to connect with the brand. Now you want, you know, to remain as much as possible away from being in contact with anyone. And you also want to have an experience where you have the end-to-end uh, brand experience available through an app. So yes, the app becomes a medium to, you know, for uh, collecting new leads, uh, having the entire showroom experience. You have concepts like virtual showroom coming in, you can see and feel a car as close as possible to the real world. And it becomes a medium where, you know, people can actually make a place an order and, you know, actually purchase a car. 
it also becomes important in terms of you know nudging a user to you know make some of those uh, purchases and intervening at a life cycle when it's very apt to him for example if you have a car and you're due for service you would want that service reminder to come to you at a time when you are hitting a 10000 or 20000 kilometer so that becomes very possible with the odometer reading that you get through connected cars and then you also have features like you know usage based insurance like why do you want to pay the same insurance as any other user if you are somebody who is using low mileage you would want to pay a premium that is apt for you so there is a lot of uh, focus on unlocking some of these new revenues making the customer experience richer by you know adding a host of new services it could be a car wash it could be a deal for purchasing a new tire it could be a deal for a battery replacement so being relevant to a customer at a point in his life cycle when he really needs it really is the key and a mobile application you know being a constant brand presence on the phone does add a lot of value so the perception of a mobile phone within nissan is increasing and people you know want to have an application so that they can unlock all these use cases that definitely makes sense uh, i think we're also seeing importance of actually making a companion app is going to be your companion before you even purchase a vehicle actually right for the brand awareness yeah. and etc so it's becoming more and more important very valuable to the client exactly all right i know we're short on time but i have the last questions uh, which actually i'm going to ask everyone how we're going to interview so what do you think is coming for the next in the next 5 to 10 years what is the killer feature you think is going to appear pretty soon in the companion apps so personally uh, you know i think there is going to be a lot of overlap between your phone and your vehicle like there is a phone way of doing things now there is going to be a car way of doing things and i think personally voice will become a very important part of car i mean this is something that's been already seen in markets like china where you can actually talk to the car and get do a lot of things you can order food you could order grocery get a, a cleaning schedule stuff like that so i think there is going to be a lot of uh, importance on bringing in voice uh, into the car to talk and get things done so that you know you can focus on driving but you know get your things done and i think the app stays very important for the user as a means to prepare for a journey set up his environment and keep himself updated but i think with the advanced technologies like autonomous driving coming in it's, it's going to be how the car becomes a new way of doing things and then how uh, different things integrate into the vehicle so i think that's going to be a key trend and which will define which we'll see growing in the next 5 to 10 years so thanks a lot for this very meaningful conversation i really enjoyed it thanks for sharing your knowledge and being with us today thanks a lot alok for your time and it was good talking to you brings us to the end of this episode of Shine a podcast by Star. I want to thank Oleg, I want to thank Vibehav and I want to thank Rahul for giving us their time and expertise for this episode. Now finally, if you are interested in the state of the companion app market, if you are somehow considering this for your work or you just want to learn more about the features and functionality of these applications that are currently on the market, then simply send an email to automotive at star.global that's automotive at star.global and we will respond with a report that goes into vast detail on the current state and the future of car companion applications so finally i want to thank you for listening if you are listening on your favorite podcast listening app then please subscribe rate and review 
and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thank you.